When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 552 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is January 9th, 2024. Hopefully everybody is doing well. Thank you so much for tuning in here on YouTube, live or on replay or listening on the podcast platforms. I definitely appreciate all of your time. The main focus of today's show, I just want to get into some things that Padres fans should be looking forward to in 2024. I feel like a lot of the offseason talk is not very optimistic. It's negative, and I understand it. I'm not saying like it's Padres fans or those covering the team that want to be negative all the time. It's hard to be positive. I can understand that. Like, it's hard to be positive when Juan Soto's getting traded, Snell and Hayter are gone, Waka, Lugo, Martinez, they go as well. You just coming off of a year with no postseason appearance. The Padres chairman, Peter Seidler, passed away recently. Like, yeah, I, I get it. It's hard to be positive. But I think there are some things that Padres fans can look forward to. And I might put out another show with this same subject maybe updated before the season starts. If there's some other additions that are made to this roster or there's some other things that happen where it's like, yeah, we should also look forward to that as well. So if you have things that you're looking forward to that you think Padres fans should look forward to, you can put that in the chat. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. I appreciate 
anyone that wants to take the time to do that. And if you want to make sure I get your comment or your question, you can use that super chat button. So let's get started here. I'm going to start off with the health of some players. A healthy Fernando Tatis Jr. is something that Padres fans should be looking forward to in 2024. I know I am. Like when I just mentioned this, a smile comes to my face. I mean, this guy's one of the most fun players to watch in baseball. When he is right, even when he's not right, like he does things where it's super fun to watch. I think he would tell you at the end of last year, even when he was robbing that home run against the Cardinals in right field at Petco, he'd probably tell you, yeah, wasn't at my best there. So even when he's not at his at his best, it's super fun to watch still. But he's going to have a full off season. He's already playing baseball in the Dominican Winter League. Playing right field. I think he played some center field. I don't think he's played short. I think that was a rumor out there, but he did not play shortstop. Or if he did, it was for a very short period of time. And then the Padres said, no, Nando, get your butt to the outfield. Um, so he's already playing. Full, regular offseason of lifting weights, doing whatever he needs to do, where he feels like he is going to be ready to go come opening day in Korea. Remember, that opening day, it's pushed up because they have to go to Korea. So it means that these guys have to be ready earlier than normal. You know, last year with the World Baseball Classic, some of these guys wanted to be ready by then, so they had to be ready earlier as well. Some of these guys, or not some, the whole, the whole team this time has to be ready earlier as well. Not as early because the World Baseball Classic was before then, but you got to be ready earlier than the rest of the league. So I think some of the players will already know what to do there. And then some other guys, you just get ready earlier, right? Uh, maybe a little bit less time off, but you also, I mean, the Padres didn't make the postseason, so it's not like they had a full month of additional baseball on top of it. They had that time off, so, you know, they could, it's not going to be that big of a deal to be ready for the beginning of the year. But yeah, a healthy Fernando Tatis Jr., I mean, didn't he tell the media like with one healthy arm or whatever, he hit 40 plus home runs and led the NL in home runs in 2021. So imagine what this guy can do when he is healthy. He had a pretty good year this past season. What can he do when he is healthy and he plays an entire season? Now, that is a question mark, I guess, right? Like, will he be able to stay healthy the entire year? Because Sure, he played in what, almost, was it 140? 140 games, whatever it was last year, Fernando. Um, that was not a full season. You know, that was all he could play because of the suspension, but it was not an entire season. So will he be able to play the entire season when he doesn't have the suspension to not allow him to play, you know, in the first 20 games of the year, right? But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to what he does, whether it's in center field, right field, whatever. I think he's going to be really fun to watch, and he's my NOMVP pick. So yeah, Tatis for sure. Healthy, look forward to that. We can look forward to a healthy Manny Machado. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be healthy at the start of the season, but hopefully he will be healthy at some point, and he'll be back playing third base, and you won't have a hit-by-pitch against the Kansas City Royals that has him go on the I.L., because uh, I think he fractured that, right? Um, 
you know, if, if Manny can be healthy, we could see another really good season. I don't know if it's going to be as good as 2022 Manny Machado. Like, that's going to be hard to top. I mean, he should have won the MVP in 2022. But Manny healthy is a huge, impactful player. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that, obviously. But this is, this is a game changer if he is healthy. You know, last year, he wasn't healthy. In 2022, by the way, it's not like he was healthy the the entire year. I mean, he came back early from the ankle injury, right? And last year, he still had an above-average OPS+, plus, still hit 30 home runs, still had over 90 runs driven in. His OPS was over 780. On-base percentage was over 300. And that was a, a bad year for Manny. I think he'd probably say that as well. So Manny, Tatis, them being healthy. I'll throw Xander Bogarts in there. Maybe he's not going to be healthy the entire year, but at least at the start of the year, we can look forward to that. We can look forward to a healthy Joe Musgrove and a healthy Yu Darvish. Hopefully Darvish, like this is, he kind of reset when he got hurt and reset in the offseason, and he can be a better version of Yu Darvish than what he was in 2023. And let's not forget how good Joe Musgrove was for the most part, when he was healthy last year. And we know the impact that he was able to, to provide to the Padres in the postseason. In 2022, his, what was his, he had a sub-3 ERA All-Star in 2022. In 181 innings, his whip was 1083, 108-1 whip his first year with the Padres. And then last year, yeah, the start, was not great. He was coming off of the the rehabbing from hurting his toe, right? Dropping the kettlebell. So hopefully he will be healthy. There won't be any slippage of the, the kettlebell during spring training. But after, I think it was the Yankee start. The Yankee start May 26th. So not after, but I should say that after the May 20th start against the Red Sox. Starting May 26th. Since that date, throughout the rest of his starts, which it's not a lot. I mean, he didn't pitch after the month of July. So, I mean, you leave a little bit to be desired there. But in those 12 starts from the end of May till the end of July, 73 and a third innings, 15 earned runs, 72 punch outs. He had a 1.84 ERA in those 12 outings. So let's not forget that it's not like Joe Musgrove is on the the down slope. He's not headed in the wrong direction. He got hurt. Yep, he got hurt. But for the most part, he was really good when he was on the mound. So I'm looking forward to a healthy Joe Musgrove, healthy you Darvish, healthy, I guess you could throw Robert Suarez into that as well. Tatis, Manny, Bogarts. Like if you go back, I mean, Sure, those guys needed to be better, a lot of those guys, this past season. But there were also a lot of injuries. And so it's not a guarantee that those aren't going to happen again. But at least to start the year, that's what I'm. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to, is those guys being healthy. Um, another thing, a manager that cares about winning for San Diego. That's what I've gotten from Mike Schilt, from his press conference to him you know, 
going around and visiting different players, the Dominican Republic, Miami, at least that was the scheduled visit with Juan Soto before he got traded. He was going to visit Trent Grisham. Um, he, he visited Vasquez and Brito, I believe, in the DR. Um, visited Bogarts, because Bogarts is not in San Diego. He went and visited Bogarts. Visited Cronoworth in Chicago. Like He's going around and visiting these guys in their homes, in their cities, not having, not waiting till spring training or having these over the phone conversations, but no, taking the time to go talk to these guys and really get a message across before you even get to spring training. So to me, I think he's going above and beyond to try to win here. And maybe this is because he realizes that this might be his last chance because there's not a lot of guys that get like three chances. You know, he got the Cardinals chance and it, it, I don't know if that was his fault. Like, he got penalized for speaking what he believed. For speaking his mind, he got penalized for that with the Cardinals. That's what it seems like to me. But now he's getting a second chance with the Padres. And he might know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here because what if this season doesn't work out and AJ's gone? The new guy coming in is going to want to hire his own manager. So, I mean, whatever the motivation is, it seems like to me the Padres have found they've got the right guy to go win for San Diego. Now. Our thoughts on this may change in the middle of the season when we don't like moves that Mike Schilt makes with the bullpen or we don't like the lineup that he's pull, that, that he's putting out there or we don't like some of the post-game or pre-game quotes that he says or there's reports out there about players not liking too much about what he's doing or, you know, I don't think that that's going to happen. But opinions can change on, you know, based on information that we see but I feel very confident in Mike Schilt. I'm not going to act like I know a ton about every person on this coaching staff that is on this staff now that we know what the coaching staff looks like. But it seems like this is a Mike Schilt coaching staff and it's collaborative. And um, let, let's face it, let's be honest. Bob did not care as much as it seems like Mike Schilt does about winning with the Padres, right? When things got tough, and I'm not just faulting only Bob, but when things got tough, he said, I'm going to go to the Giants. And I'm going to say in my press conference, yeah, when I was with the Padres, now he didn't mention the Padres, but when I was with my other teams managing, every time we came, I'd look at over the other dugout and say, yeah, hopefully one day maybe I could be there. You know, that's, not, that's not something that someone says if they were fully committed and really wanted to win for San Diego. So I hope that, uh, Mike Schilt is that guy, and that's someone that Padres fans can really look forward to having manage their team. Um, the debuts of Yuki Matsui is not just him, but Wu Suk Go and whoever else, the Padre debuts of whoever else they bring in, Michael King, Brito, Vasquez, Higgy, Thorpe at some point, right? That's what we can look forward to. Another thing that we can look forward to. Now, some would be like, I don't care about the debuts of some of these guys. I want Juan Soto on my team. And that's understandable. But I'm excited about the debut of Yuki Matsui. See what he can give. Like, because I've watched highlights, but that's different than him, you know, seeing him in a Padres uniform and seeing him pitch against big league hitters all the time, right? Same thing with Usuk Go. Um, I'm excited about seeing Michael King in a Padres uniform. You know, Yankees fans, they liked Michael King. And from the things that I have seen, 
I I'm pretty interested in seeing what Michael King can give to the Padres and what can Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez give and maybe the return debut, if you will, the 2024 Padres debut of Luis Patino, if he's on the roster. Those are some things that I am interested in. Some fans may not, but I think that's something that Padres fans can look forward to in 2024. Uh, Matt Suey, he was Preller's first major league free agent signing of the offseason, sub two ERA the last three seasons in Japan. So, like, there's talent there, and I'm interested in seeing the debuts of some of those guys, including Yuki Matsui. Um, this might be a little controversial. Some Padres fans won't understand where I'm coming from this, with this, but I am looking forward to the first Otani Dodger game at Petco Park. Obviously, I hate the Dodgers, but this is, I think, will be a, a cool moment. You know, Shohei Otani, he's the best player that I've ever seen, the, the best talent that I've, that I've ever seen play baseball. And I think a lot of people will say that, if not everyone. They will say, yep, Shohei Otani, as much as we don't like him now because he's with the Dodgers, um, he, he is it. He is the guy. And him coming into Petco Park with the Dodgers, it will be that much sweeter if the Padres can beat the Dodgers as well. But seeing that first at-bat, him at Petco Park, wearing a Dodger uniform. I may not be looking forward to the result of it or looking forward to the the full 10 years of Otani with the Dodgers, but just that moment, I think that's going to be a an interesting moment, something that uh, I think fans are circling on the calendar or on their iPhone or what, because who has physical calendars nowadays, right? But we're going to see that come up and be like, oh, Otani's going to be in town as, with the Dodgers for the first time. Yamamoto, I guess you could throw him in there too, in town with the Dodgers for the first time. That's that's something that I am looking forward to, at least that first moment. And then after that, yeah, of course, I'm not looking forward to Otani being with the Dodgers, but him coming into Petco Park, he's not like the the loved, oh, it's Shohei Otani, great, with the Angels. No, he's a freaking Dodger. Um, so it's it's the start of that Padre-Dodger rivalry in the Otani-Dodger era if you will and dodger fans that may see this because i know a lot of dodger fans like to be in my comments for some reason it's not like they have better things to do like go talk with their own fan base um for those dodger fans that are going to come across this um <laughs> like let's it is a rivalry let's be honest let's that's just it's okay i know some dodger fans they don't want to admit it they think it's not a rivalry because they're obviously on a different level than the Padres. But guess what? It is a rivalry. Your own manager has said it's a rivalry. So, like, I'm sorry. It is. It's okay to accept it. You don't have to act all tough and be like, oh, the Padres, they're not on our level. It's not a rivalry. The real rivalry is the Giants and the Dodgers. Well, guess what? What are the Giants right now? You know, what are the Giants right now? That's You really think that's a rivalry right now more than Padres-Dodgers? with the star power the Padres have, you're thinking the Giants, what, Mike Yastrzemski and Jung-Hoo Lee against the Dodgers, that's more of a rivalry than Tatis, Manny, Bogarts, Darvish, Musgrove, like that, you think that the Giants are more of a rival right now than the Padres? Like, give me a break on that. Um, so that's something that I'm looking forward to. 
not being the favorite is something that I think Padres fans should look forward to as well. I mean, you don't want to look forward to the Dodgers, you know, dominating the division, which I think we all expect to happen. But look at what the Padres did last year as the favorite. You know, like them embracing being the underdog and not being talked about. And maybe this will lead to the Padres players not saying dumb things to the media. Um, they're saying dumb things at FanFest. I get that was like a fan thing, and I liked the confidence at the time, but obviously we look back and it's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said some of those things that were said during the season, before the season. But we saw how that played out, right? 2023 did not work out well as the, with the Padres as one of the favorites, with experts saying the Padres were going to go to the World Series and represent the National League against the Astros or against the Yankees, right? So being the underdog may be the good thing, where there's not much attention all the attention is on the Dodgers and they'll get talked about a little bit on MLB network, but it's not like they're going to be talked about on first take when Stephen A. Smith decides to open his mouth about baseball for some reason, um, or, you know, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, they're going to be talking about Soto with the Yankees. They're going to be talking about Otani with the Dodgers. I don't expect the Padres to be talked about very much nationally and that's okay. Like I, I'd rather have people, talk about the Padres that care about the Padres than people that don't care about the Padres. And they're just talking about them because they're the big flashy team because they have, you know, they won the off season or they, you know, they brought in a bunch of stars. It may be the good thing. And guess what? Were the Diamondbacks the most talked about team? No, they made it to the world series. Were the Phillies the most talked about team? They were talked about for sure. Cause they have star power, but they were like, they barely got into the postseason, and then they made it to the world series. Were the Texas Rangers the most talked about team going into the postseason last year? No, but they go. They went and won the World Series. Were the Nationals in 2019? Yes, they were star power. But were they the most talked about team? Or did they just go win the World Series? You know, like, so it's also like winning the, it, this goes to winning the NL West. Sure, okay, it's cool to win the division. You get a postseason spot with this division. You probably get to host. You probably don't have to play in the wild card series, but you still have to go win games. So what matters most is getting in. And I don't care if the Padres are the favorite. It could be a good thing that they're not the favorite. And Mike Schilt has had teams where they weren't the favorite or they weren't going to make the postseason, but then they win 20 plus games, right? That was Schilt with the Cardinals. I forget how many games it was. Maybe it wasn't 20, but it was like at least 17, I think, games in a row and they make the postseason. Maybe that's what this Padres team needs. Um, oh, and I guess I should bring up 2022 as well. Like Padres weren't the favorite there and they go beat the Mets. They go beat the Dodgers, make it to the NLCS. So not being the favorite, that is actually something that I'm looking forward to in 2024, believe it or not. Um, another thing, Dawn and Mud, Tony and Jesse as well. I mean, we are so lucky as Padres fans to have these guys calling games. I mean, if you're listening while you're driving somewhere and you're listening to the radio, you get to hear Tony Gwynn Jr. And you get to hear Jesse Agler, two guys that know a lot about the Padres and just major league baseball. They, like they know what they're talking about and it's a fun listen. And then there's no better broadcast in baseball than Don and mud giants fans will be biased and they'll say Kruko and kite, right? Mets fans will say Gary Keith and Ron, maybe Yankees fans say, Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill and David Cohn, 
Um, and I'm not saying that those guys aren't good, but who has more fun doing their job than Don and Mud? I don't think there's anyone that has more fun. So regardless of how this season turns out, could be very disappointing, could be great. I'm going to look forward to being able to uh, hear Don and Mud while I'm watching Padres games, as I look forward to every year. So if I do another one of these before the 2025 season, they'll probably be on it as well. A renovated Gallagher Square, I think, is something that Padres fans are going to be looking forward to or should be looking forward to. Some fans don't spend too much time at Gallagher Square. I don't spend too much time there. But the 20th anniversary of Petco Park is being celebrated here in 2024. And the Padres spent $20 million here to renovate Gallagher Square, dog park, temporary pickleball courts, Tony Gwynn Terrace viewing deck, and they're moving that statue to um, on, on the deck, right? And then they're going to have it face Trevor Hoffman. Um, the turf, I don't know how much fans are going to be looking forward to the turf for those day games replacing the lawn, but the lawn would get brown, you know, at points, and you look, I look from my seats in the upper deck, my family season seats, and I look at Gallagher Square, and I'm like, oh, that does not look good. So it's not, at least the the look of it, it's not going to be bad. Um, and, and we'll see what events are going to be held there. I guess it's better a little bit for concerts. I don't care because I don't go to concerts, but um, for those that do, I guess that's a positive. But yeah, that is something, you know, part, part of the reason why there's, I mean, I haven't heard anything about FanFest. I don't think there's going to be a FanFest. That's just my opinion. I have not heard anyone say anything about it. I think that the focus is going to be on the Peter Seidler uh, memorial um, service that's going to be happening when the Padres come back from Korea, right? I think that's the week, um, that weekend, I think, is when that service is going to be. And then that following Thursday is when the home opener is. Um, so I don't think FanFest is going to ha- is going to happen but that's probably part of the reason is because like Gallagher Square was obviously where the players would be um and the Q&As would happen and a bunch of fans would hang out there's not that this year fans can hang out in the stands obviously and they could have the players go up on the dugout or just sit on the field and no one be on the field and they'll put it up on the jumbotron or something but i i just don't anticipate a fan fest happening but Uh, A renovated Gallagher Square is something that Padres fans can look forward to. What else? What other things can we look forward to? Maybe the debut of Jackson Merrill. Maybe the debut of Drew Thorpe. Maybe the debut of Jacob Marcy, Graham Pauly. We'll see about Nathan Martorella. The last year of Hassan Kim probably with the Padres. You look forward to it because Kim's on the team. May not be looking forward to it because, man, we don't want Kim to leave after this year. But look forward to it because we still have Hassan Kim on the team. And then, like I said earlier, Musgrove, the, the health of Musgrove and Darvish, right? Seeing Manny back and Bogart's back healthy. Because when he was healthy, I thought he played pretty good this past year. Tati's healthy. And whoever the Padres bring in, hopefully it's there's going to be some excitement with those guys. The debuts of Michael King, everyone they got back in that Juan Soto deal. Um, I guess we could look forward to the Dodgers not winning the World Series because, I mean, that's just their history. Like, it's just not going to happen. I I just feel like it's not going to happen. With all the talent that they have, 
it's the Dodgers. I mean, that's just what happens. They had a talented team, and Mookie and Freddie came up small the last two postseasons. They were expected to beat the Padres in 22. Guess what happens? Padres win. You know, they made it to the NLCS, I believe, in 21, but they didn't win. They didn't make it to the World Series. The Braves end up winning that. Their one ring, and they didn't even have a parade for it, <laughs> was 2020, the, the shortened season where, you know, Clayton Kershaw had a good postseason, but would he add a good postseason if it would have been a full season and he would have had more innings on his arm? Um, they were playing in Texas, like, the whole time. So, like, there's just different things there. 2019, right? They make it to the the division series and the Nats, right? The Dodgers should be the favorites there. The Nats were the ones that had to play in the wild card and they lose that. So that's just, regardless of how talented they are, I'm going to take the field over the Dodgers. So in October, hopefully the Padres are there in October. Hopefully we can be look, we'll be looking forward to a better season here in 2024. Hopefully it's a postseason berth. Uh, but I think we can look forward to that team uh, up north not winning at all. And all the bookmark tweets coming out because I have a feeling a lot of a lot of Padre fans have bookmarked a lot of tweets, a lot of fans being uh, fans of the opponent being very excited and thinking way too in advance when it's January 9th. All right, quick break, and then I'm going to go to the chat. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. What's up, Irie? Everyone in here, good morning. Devin says, appreciate the team. Not just kidding. I'm not Eric Gruppner. For real, though, I'm hoping for a decent, competent, competitive lineup that will hopefully get back to being consistent. Manny, Xander, and Tatis have to. Yes, I agree with that. Hopefully, Crony, Campy, and Kim will continue to get better, and any newcomers, if we get any, will contribute to the team positively. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, KB2481 says, LOL. So injuries are. It's not is, it's are the excuses, but okay. LOL. So injuries are the excuses now. Um, I mean, it's no, I mean, last year, the Padres players did not play up to the level of expectation. They needed to be better. Like, I'm not denying that, but I am going to tell you the facts. Joe Musgrove missed a lot of time. Darvish missed time. Manny missed time. Bogarts was dealing with the risk. Tatis missed 20 games for the suspension. His fault. Not saying that that was anyone else's fault, but his fault. And he didn't have a full off season. I'm giving you facts here. Robert Suarez missed the first half, right? First half plus of the season. And he was one of the better relievers in all of baseball at the end of 2022. So now I'm giving you facts here. It's not an excuse. It's a fact that there were a lot of injuries this past year. Jay Cronenworth, not, again, this is a fact. He got hurt there. Did he have a bad year? Yeah, two things can be true at the same time. He had a bad year, and he got hurt. There were a lot of injuries. So we'll see if that happens again. If it does, then the Padres are probably screwed. Uh, if these big guys don't perform, Padres are probably screwed. So, no, I, I'm I'm putting the blame on pod, the Padres players. Like, no doubt about that. But I'm just giving you facts. Like, no, there were injuries. Um, yeah, I agree. Dodger fans, when you're wasting time like that, trying to troll, go go do something else with your life. Like, why are you in here? That's that's my question. Tyler says, Swain Dog leaving Padres broadcasting makes me sad. Is he? I didn't see that. Like, is that confirmed because it's MLB going to be covering? MLB is going to be doing the broadcast, so they're just taking Sweeney off. Because I didn't, I I haven't seen that. Cool for Rachel Balkovec, by the way. I did see that in the chat. Yeah, she used to be with the Yankees. Um, and she is joining the Marlins as director of player development. I wish that Kim Ang was still there to be there with her, but that is cool. That's awesome. She knows what she's talking about. That is for sure. I've watched interviews of her. She she knows what she's talking about. That That's really cool. Um, Wyatt says, since this could be AJ's last year, if it's a bad season, could you see him trading top prospects for a big-time player like a Rosarena or Dylan Cease? I think the Orioles are probably best set up for Dylan Cease, although I don't know why they're not really making much moves. Like, you just want 100 games. Go spend money. Make moves. Maybe they're waiting for 
the White Sox, White Sox ask to come down or Guardians ask for Shane Bieber or Brewers ask for Corbin Burns. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of surprised they're not doing much. But to answer your question, I think that, yeah, Pre I mean, Preller, I, I feel like this is where he's finally trusting the farm system. Like he likes the guys that are in the farm system. So he doesn't want to trade guys that are in the farm system. He doesn't want to trade Graham Pauly or Martorella or Yarte, Mazur, Lesko, guys like that. We know that Snelling's not going to get dealt. Salas not going to get dealt. Merrill probably not going to get dealt. Um, but it feels like he wants to hang on to those guys. But if a reasonable deal comes across, then yeah, he'll. I think he'll do it. And GMs can say all they want about how no, I, I look for what's best for this this part of the this team and for the future of the Padres franchise. But come on, if your job, if you think your job's on the line, and maybe he doesn't, so he is telling the truth. But if you think your job is on the line, of course you're willing to trade prospects that aren't going to be here if you get fired. Of course, because you're trying to save your job. You'll worry about those prospects not being there later. You're trying to save your job and have a winning year, right? So, yeah, I think he, he could do that for sure. I would not be surprised if some of the top Padres prospects, not the top of the top, but some of the other top Padres prospects, I would not be shocked to see them dealt. I, I just don't feel great about the chances of Dylan Cease and... I'm not hearing really anything about Randy Rosarena anymore. There was buzz there with the Dodgers, but then they just, you know, they signed Teoscar Hernandez. They trade for Glasnow and Manny Margot. I thought that they would have just, if they were going to trade for Rosarena, it would have been in that same deal. And, I mean, the Padres could trade for Randy, but I think I saw a report after the Rays traded Glasnow that, yeah, Randy, he may just stay with the Rays now because they have the room for that contract, I guess. Let's see here. Going through the chat. Devin says Padres Dodgers is the reincarnation of Yankees Red Sox. I'm not going to go that far. I mean, that th there's some pretty re like really good matchups there. I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. If the Padres can, you know, win a division or if they go like win the World Series or get to the World Series, then I think we can, you know how going into last year, there was a lot of talk about Padre Dodgers because the Padres just beat the Dodgers. Like they really said, okay, we're here. And whatever you did in the regular season doesn't matter. But when the Padres followed it up by not making the postseason, I think it's a little bit less. It could be the start of it. But the Padres, I think they've got to win more. It is a rivalry still, but I'm not going to go as far to say, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Uh, KB two four eight one still in the chat for some reason. How about even making the playoffs before you talk about beating the Dodgers? Uh, what I would say to the Dodgers is, how about win a postseason game? You know, when you make the postseason this past year. How about win a postseason game? We won the same amount of postseason games this past year, so I don't know why you're talking so much. Um, the Padres beat you in 2022, 
and then won the same amount of postseason games the next year. Hey, at least we made the playoffs. Okay, yeah, you made the playoffs. Great. You're a better organization than the Padres. We all understand that. But what I get tired of is Dodger fans acting like they're the best franchise ever. And Dodger fans like, I'm glad I was born and raised as a Dodger fan, not a Madre fan or whatever. Like, why? Why are you? I don't go into Dodger fan YouTube channels and talk about the Padres or try to crap on the Dodgers. You know, I'll do it here if I want to with Padres fans. But, like, there's better things to do than go into an opposing fan's chat. I've never understood the fascination of Dodger fans going into a Padre fan chat and then saying it's not a rivalry. If it wasn't a rivalry, then you wouldn't be here. Right? I don't know. Um, let's see here. Continuing to go through the chat. Oh, it was Bryce Miller that reported Sweeney's moving on from the organization. Was this recently? I wonder when this was. Oh, yeah. Literally right now. Okay. I just saw it in the UT. Thank you for pointing that out. That was published at 916 this morning. I did not see that. Okay, so Bryce says here, former guest of the show, as he piled up 1,218 games with seven major league teams, including two laps with the Padres, Mark Sweeney grew as comfortable as possible with the uncomfortable business side of baseball. Sweeney had to be nimble on the field, shuffling from all three spots in the outfield to first base and pinch hitting. He also had to learn how to roll with the uncertain punches off of it. I was a utility player, Sweeney said. I was a tap on the shoulder from a new situation, scenario, or being released that kind of set you up in that aspect. When the Padres report to spring training next month, Sweeney will not be a part of their broadcasting plans for the first time in 13 years, a couple weeks after the season. Sweeney was told he would not be asked to return. Interesting. So he was not asked to return by the Padres or Major League Baseball. It says baseball broadcasting rights, or excuse me, baseball broadcasting finds itself in choppy waters for those not named the Dodgers and Yankees. The regional sports network model has shown serious cracks highlighted by the collapse of the Padres deal with Valley Sports. MLB stepped in to broadcast Padres games, but belt tightening led to reduced resources and diminished polish. Pre- and post-game shows practically vanished. Sweeney found himself caught in the financial rip current. Uh, they said they're set with the people they had, Sweeney says here. It was a changing climate is what they said. We all understand what the pandemic has done and MLB taking over. I didn't think it was going to be that abrupt. I thought it would be reduced for sure. It's time to look into other things. Other things include a gig with another big league club that Sweeney said is close to the finish line. Interesting. He wants to wait to talk about it because it's not fully finalized. On to the next. He says... I'm going to be doing some pre and post and possibly some games, so I'll probably be traveling a little more than I normally do. They've offered it to me. It's something I'm very excited about. I'm also done. I've also done the national stuff with Fox, and I'll continue to do that. Interesting. So a long relationship that he had with Mike Pomerantz. I'm not super surprised that Sweeney is not going to be a part of the Padres broadcast team. Because if you watched the pre and post 
you watch the broadcast, Major League Baseball, that produced broadcast when Valley Sports went away, I think we envisioned like, ooh, maybe there's not that much of a need for Sweeney. They could just have Bob Scanlon and Mike Pomerantz do the postgame show. Like, Scan was is in-game, right? If you're trying to reduce costs and you're seeing Bob Scanlon be able to do the postgame show on the road and throw it up to Don and Mud in the booth, I remember the Miami series where it was the first series and Scan was doing some of the postgame. And he'd come up to the booth a little bit. You could have Mike Pomerantz go on the road with the Padres if you need him to. And he does pre and post at Petco Park as well. You can have him sideline report if Scan can't work or if Scan has to go do the radio. If Jesse's gone or if Tony Gwynn Jr. is doing TV on an, as the analyst or if Jesse's doing TV because Don's gone doing national stuff. Like people can go to a different role for a series for a weekend, a week, a road trip if you need them to. You're trying to reduce costs then Sweeney, does he need to be doing the broadcast? Unfortunately, that's just how it goes. But it, it seems like he has another role set up, so I wish him the best there. And I thought some of the stuff that he said, like, I thought in 2023, I mean, he was he did get critical of the Padres. Um, I, I do see on social media sometimes that fans were not a big fan of Mark Sweeney. I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't watch the post game show that much. I, you know, I, I tune in for like the manager press conference, but I was doing like my own post game reaction, or I would do my own live show after series were over, or I was at the game, so I didn't catch the post game. So I don't have the best feel on if, you know, Mark Sweeney's great or not. But clearly, the Padres or whoever made this decision feels like we can have other guys fill that role. So. We'll see what the future holds for Mark Sweeney. But yeah, he was with the Padres. Obviously, he played for the Padres. He was on that 98 team. Um, and he has been with the Padres for a long time. When did he first start broadcasting with the Padres? A while. Right? I mean, I'm seeing him at least for a decade, because th there, there's a picture here, him talking with uh, Padres pitcher Jason Marquis, talking, um, hitting for some reason, uh, with Mark Sweeney before a 2013 game in this UT story from Bryce Miller. So yeah, he, he'd been there for a long time. And obviously, he'd been through all the rebuilds and the excitement with the Padres. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing where he goes from here. I'm sure he'll be doing a lot more of the, or maybe not, because he'll be on the road with whoever he's broadcasting with, but he'll be doing more of the national studio stuff with FS1 and Fox, because there were some times where you'd see Padres were on a national broadcast and Sweeney was with Eric Karos on the Fox national pre-post show, you know? So we'll see. But yeah, so it seems like the Padres broadcasting team for 2024 it's going to be Don, Mud, Scan, Pomerantz, at least as of now, Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr., right? Annie Hobbrun, she's on 97.3, the fan with Craig Elston. So she has a, her own gig, which is great. 
um, good for her. And it's a, it's been an entertaining listen, listening to those two. But yeah, Mark Sweeney, no longer going to be on the Padres broadcasts. That's thank you, thank you for bringing that up in the chat because I did not see that. I'm just trying to read through some of some information here. Sweeney, there's some quotes about Mike. I wish I could take Mike with me. Pomerant says, if I could have had a brother, I would have picked him and Sweeney. We hit it off from the very first day. Yeah, Pomerantz, he is going to continue broadcasting with the Padres. Um, Sweeney says here, was it surprising? I won't say that because of the Bally bankruptcy and all that stuff, but I want to stay in TV. I really enjoy it. So there you go. All right. Um, the, this Dodger fan's still in here. I should probably just mute him. Um, but he says here, Padres fans take a playoff series win like a World Series. And let's not forget, you said 100 millions, 100 million ifs. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you could say that with the Dodgers too, if all these guys stay healthy, if Mookie and Freddie can actually come up big in the playoffs, if Otani comes up big in the playoffs, you know, like you could say if Yamamoto stays healthy, if the rotation stays healthy, there, you could say ifs with a bunch of teams. Um, and by the way, it wasn't a playoff series win. They beat uh, they beat two 100 plus win teams in 2022. They beat the Mets on the road, and Degrom and Scherzer pitched that series, and they beat the Dodgers as well. After losing the first game, they won three games in a row, and they overcame deficits in that series. Um. Hey Ben, what's up, bro? Thoughts on signing Michael Taylor? Yeah, I said I said this yesterday. I think that, yeah, I mean, the Padres, they need center field. He's good defensively, has speed, but he is a right-handed bat. And is he going to hit as many home runs at Petco Park as he did with the Twins this past year? Like, that feels like that's going to be his career-high offensive season. And his OPS, it's not like that was that super impressive. And should we pay Michael A. Taylor as much as Harrison Bader got with the Mets, as much as Kevin Kiermaier got with the Blue Jays, should we pay Michael A. Taylor that when he's a right-handed hitter, when we need lefties, and we don't have a whole lot of room to spend, and the guy's going to be hitting at the bottom of the order? Do we really want to do that? Right? Like, I don't think that that's the best thing. If it was for five, six mil, yeah. But if it's going to be for 10 plus, I don't know if that makes much sense. All right, continuing to go through the chat here. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to bring up, I'm not going to go to any more Dodger fans. Don't worry. I, I just still think it's funny that they decide to spend their time in a Padres fan show. Yes, yes, I do. I think we have the best commentators in the game yes and i think don should be doing postseason games i was surprised he didn't do postseason last year all right any more comments any 
what what are you looking forward to, Padres fans? What are you looking forward to in 2024? Like, what's that big thing you're looking forward to? Jerry asks, what do you think about Merrill in center field if we don't sign or trade for anyone? I think that center field for Merrill, he hasn't played center, right? He played left in the minors, but he hasn't played center field. So, no, I, I don't like that fit. I'd rather have Marcy come up, someone that's, like, familiar with center. There's a lot of room to cover at Petco Park in center field. Go ask Trent Grisham. Now, Tatis feels like he's better in right field than in center because of how much room is in right field, and he thinks it's more important to cover ground and right than center at Petco, but there's still a lot of room to cover. So, no, Merrill, if he's going to the outfield, he's probably playing left, not center. Or he's been training in center field and we don't know about it this offseason. But I feel like it's going to be a bridge veteran, Aaron Hicks. Like I tweeted this yesterday. I feel like Aaron Hicks is a Padre. Someone like that. Or a Kevin Pilar. I know he's not a lefty, but a, a vet guy that can play center field. And maybe the Padres are waiting for Marcy to come up. And they really believe in Jacob Marcy. He'll be ready at some point in 2024. They can bring him up. And he'll be the center fielder. Yeah, but I don't see Merrill. I don't think he's ready right now. Day one. For the big leagues. And then center field, I just don't. I don't see that. Yeah, the new coaching staff. Having, you know, a new hitting coach. Actually having a hitting coach. Not a offensive coordinator. Um, I don't, I'm not going to act like I know a ton about some of these new guys coming in or some of the guys that were even in the Padres farm system because I don't follow the coaches that are in the Padres farm system very much, to be honest. But I'm all in on Mike Schilt as the manager. I mean, I know we don't really have a choice, but I've liked everything that I've seen so far with Mike Schilt being the manager of this team. It seems right off the bat he's more invested than the previous manager. And knowing the previous manager's thoughts, like he has said it publicly, it's not like it was through sources, but what he said publicly, it has made me more like on the, the Mike Schilt bandwagon. Like, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, him being the manager, and I don't think he's going to let things slide. And I hope players in that clubhouse aren't going to let things slide after what happened in 2023, where players were saying, yeah, we need more urgency. And then another day they were saying, no, we're not desperate. Like, no, have a consistent message. Be urgent. It's okay to say, yeah, we need to play with more urgency um, at the beginning of the year. Then go do it, though. Don't say that we need to, and then you don't do it, right? That was part of the issue, and I said this on foul territory last week uh, with Pierzynski and Kratz and Adam Jones and Scott Braun. Like, part of the problem was they were having these meetings and players were saying things. It was the right things, but then they weren't following through. So you got other players like, well, he's not holding up his end of the bargain. Why should we listen to this guy when we have another player-only meeting or another big message is thrown out there to the clubhouse? You're not following through. So, like, that's not going to – I'm not being super motivated to follow through on what I need to be doing. So it needs to be collective. Collective buy-in, collective urgency. And play like you have nothing to lose. Right. And what I mean by that is not like, well, we already have our money, so we don't have to play hard. But like, 
let's leave it all out there. That's what I guess I mean. Leave it all out there. If we don't win, no one expected us to win. So let's just go try it. You know those, like college basketball, where a team's going in and they're playing San Diego State or they're playing Gonzaga or they're playing Duke and they're, no one is expecting them to win. What is there to lose? Nothing. You go out there and you take a bunch of threes sometimes. You, you take risks and you play great defense. And if you foul out, you foul out, but you go, you go hard, right? I think that's what the Padres should be doing here uh, in 2024. Like, go for it. Have the urgency, you know? If you don't make the playoffs, yeah, that's going to be a disappointing season again. But no one's expecting to – no no, no expert, I should say. No expert is expecting the Padres to go win the division. I don't think Padre fans are expecting to win the division. No one's probably expecting the Padres to go win the World Series. So just go play free. Play with urgency, but play free. Like there's, The pressure is not on you. The pressure is on the Dodgers. All right. Thank you, everyone, for the time. Talking for hours, episode 552. Uh, just a quick reminder about some of the great sponsors of the show. Breaking Tea and Foco. They've got Foco has some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. Breaking Tea has some great Padres Aztecs wave shirts and sweatshirts. You can cl click the link in the description for that. Um, Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Uh, if you use the code Talking Friars, you click the link in the description. And SeatGeek code Talking Friars, $20 off your order there. I appreciate everyone's time. Definitely don't take it for granted. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you all later. See ya.